This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. First up today, Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli has doubled down on his call for consumers to quote-unquote play their part in bringing down the prices of food by choosing where they spend their money wisely. So, uh... Double down, I think, is an important phrase to include here because it first this story first began about five days ago mm-hmm. when he made the initial statement uh, at a press conference, I think, or at uh, a Q&A after an event. And then subsequently, he's been asked about it several times over. Uh, he's spoken about it in a few different avenues at, on a few different occasions. So... It boils down to this. He says that enforcing a ceiling price is not the only way to bring down market prices of prepared food and beverages. Um, instead, the rakyat, like you just said, can also play their role by being more selective with where it is that they choose to spend their money, with how it is that they consume. So, in other words, if you notice that a restaurant that you go to is continuing to charge the prices that they said they had to adjust because chicken was very expensive or eggs were very expensive or cabbage was very expensive, um, you can simply choose not to go there anymore. And hopefully that drop in business and revenue would then drive them to reconsider their pricing in order for them to be more com- uh, to more competitive um, and to try to attract people back towards their, their place. Uh, he said also that us as consumers, having price awareness is part of price control mechanisms, in uh, in essence saying that it shouldn't all rest on the shoulders of the government. So where I think some of the pushback is coming from, actually a lot of the criticism is coming from, is this is being almost interpreted as him calling for a boycott. Yeah. Uh, now, he hasn't specifically said that as far as I can tell. But of course, this idea that if you don't think this restaurant is charging you fairly, then don't eat there. Um is um, in some ways placing the responsibility on the consumer to make choices rather than uh, for the government to step in. Now, that's it, though. He is pointing out that um, the prices for uh, food has come down. And yet, as you said, um, there are restaurants that continue to uh, hike up prices. Prices for the raw ingredients. For the raw ingredients. Yeah. Sorry, yes, that's what I meant. Um, and so he's saying that the prices of prepared food hasn't dropped proportionally to the lowered prices of raw food. And therefore, this call is in some ways a response to that. Um, But in terms of the practicality of this and in terms of whether that responsibility should even be placed on the consumer is where the push and pull of this conversation is happening. He's also providing some macro perspectives on the numbers, right? Saying that the government has spent uh, around 2 billion ringgit on subsidies for chicken and eggs, making the point that there have been price control measures, at least for the raw ingredients, that the government has put in place. But once it gets translated into the retail prepared food um, avenue that it's not being reflected. So there are a few things here. I will say that I find the reaction to this kind of interesting, partly because I think increasingly, even in our country, there is this growing sense of um, not wanting to live in what some would call a nanny state of having the government 
step in um, to try and solve every problem through either legislation or through a stick, through saying, listen, do this or else. Um, in this case, though, I think that there are some people who are saying, well, if you're not going to do that, though, and if you're going to put the onus on the consumer instead to try and do this on an individual level, then what role are you playing in trying to make this happen? And I think there are a few things to to understand here, particularly in terms of what it is that this ministry is supposed to do um, and where it then crosses over actually into other ministries as well and and they are, I suppose what it is that they are supposed to be accomplishing. Because this notion of a reasonable price also is very subjective, right? And how equipped is the average consumer to make those decisions and to be able to ascertain, uh, is this price reasonable? Um, not just based on what raw ingredients cost, but of course, the pricing of food in restaurants can vary depending on numerous things from location to rent to the uh, level of restaurant that you're eating at. And all of those things go into the pricing of food. Now, as a consumer, how what benchmark am I supposed to be using to determine, is this a reasonable price? Yeah, and also whether or not enough people will consistently be doing it for people to uh, for restaurants to feel the pinch and say oh I, I do need to drop this yeah. chicken rice to ring it down because I maybe I went too far with my price adjustment before that um or whether what I, I guess what some people would argue is they'll just find people who are willing to pay the price mm. and then that's it and then you just don't get to eat there anymore <laughs> So we are talking about the uh, economic minister, the economy minister, rather, uh, doubling down on his comments that consumers should play their part in bringing down the price of food by essentially voting with their dollar, choosing uh, whether to pay or not to pay if they find the price is too high. Um, so we've been asking you for your thoughts. Do you think we should be avoiding restaurants that keep prices high even when food costs have gone down? Will this help? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Dr. Shankaran Nambiar, head of research at the Malaysian Institute of Economic Research. So keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM eighty nine point nine. Business, finance, and music. BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been asking you, do you think we should be avoiding restaurants that keep prices high even when food costs have gone down? Will this help? Uh, this, of course, comes from a call by Economy Minister Rafizi Ramli. Uh, so send your thoughts through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is Dr. Shankaran Nambiar, Head of Research at the Malaysian Institute of Economic Research. Dr. Nambiar, good to have you with us. Now, is this something you've noticed in your own experience when eating out? Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, the prices have been going up. Portions have been getting smaller. The size of the dosa or, or roti chana has been getting smaller. Uh, someone uh, commented that this is the age of uh, shrinkflation. You have inflation and everything is shrinking. So, yes. And if we look at the specifics, right, according to the minister, when prices of raw ingredients went up by 2%, the prices in eateries and restaurants increased by 7%. What do you make of this difference? Is it uh, typical during periods of inflation? Uh, I, I'm not terribly sure about the uh, proportion by which prices go up when uh, the price of raw ingredients go up. 
but but I suppose the raw ingredients that he um, is referring to, uh, I mean, he he's obviously talking about uh, meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, etc. And I suppose they are just one component of of the total costs that the eateries and restaurants are facing. They they have to pay. Um, uh, rentals, which probably have been going up, they also have to pay uh, uh, for the cost of labor and with the minimum wage, it, it's uh, uh, probably gone up. And then there have been shortages of labor. It hasn't been very easy getting uh, workers from foreign countries. From, uh, so uh, the, the, these delays uh, have, have probably meant some kind of substitution or the, the, the lack of uh, workforce in, in these eateries, restaurants, all of which could have contributed or would have contributed uh, to the price of the prices that are being charged at eateries and restaurants. So I suppose he's right, but not totally right, because it's not just the, pri- the, the prices of raw ingredients which uh, would have caused the uh, increase in in uh, the prices that are being charged at these places. On the other hand, though, do restaurants typically adjust prices down to correspond with the government's measures to stabilize the price of uh, raw ingredients? Yeah, you'd like to see that happening. You'd like to see restaurants reciprocating the measures that are taken by the government. Um, and unfortunately, I, I, I don't think it always happens that way. Uh, the restaurants, uh, the, the government is, of course, trying to take care of the welfare of uh, um, of the citizens at large. Uh, restaurants are trying to maximize their profits, or at least, if not maximize profits, at least get a reasonable uh, share of profits. And uh, they, they, they're probably not always as altruistic as the government. Um, having said that... Uh, I think the the uh, restaurants have to factor the full range of uh, the cost of all inputs that go into the production. Uh, and and uh, if the government has uh, attempted to stabilize the prices of raw materials, I, I suppose that would be just one of the factors that go into the full range of costs that restaurants have to face. Um, however, Rarely have I seen restaurants um, adjusting prices downwards. If if you did a study on, on the uh, prices of Te uh, Tare or Roti Chanai over the last 10 or 20 years, you'd probably only see the prices going up. I don't know if there have been any episodes when after a price hike, uh, the portions have become bigger or the prices have gone down. So can or should the government intervene in how eateries price their items? I think it would be difficult for the government to intervene. Uh, um, if you looked at it purely from the point of view of monitoring uh, the prices that are being charged at eateries, I, I think it's, it's going to be difficult and perhaps even costly uh, for the government to intervene. Secondly, I think post-COVID, quite a number of eateries have closed shop. 
they, they've made losses during the period of COVID and, and they've come to a point where they can't sustain these uh, losses uh, any longer and they, they don't have deep enough pockets. The cost of labor has gone up, rentals have gone up. Uh, and, and so post-COVID, you've already seen a number of uh, eateries um, having had to close down. Now, how is the government going to intervene? I'm not uh, terribly sure in what ways the government can intervene. I don't know if there are any laws which say that uh, this is the price you're going to charge for uh, Roti China in, in this kind of a shop, and uh, this is how much you're going to uh, charge in a, a shop that is air-conditioned, uh, in a restaurant that's air-conditioned, and, and so much if it's out in the open, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that's going to be difficult, if at all. It's going to be difficult, impossible solution. The government is is best left out of this picture of of intervening um, in eateries and and trying to set prices at at such a micro level. So the minister has emphasized, though, for consumers to be more price aware. Is this a reasonable expectation? Uh, how would we go about determining what is or isn't a reasonable price for us to pay? Um, determining whether uh, uh, the price of a certain uh, item on a menu is reasonable or not reasonable, I, I think that's a fairly subjective, a fairly difficult kind of problem. Uh, I, I don't know how you would set it out more formally. But I, I think it's a subjective kind of thing. You go to a restaurant or an eatery, whatever it is, and a certain price is being quoted. And then you decide whether it's something you want to pay or not. And there is so much of effort and, and uh, so much of resources that you put into it, in, into this decision-making exercise. Yeah, you might not think it worth your while to make a survey of all the restaurants that sell roti chanai before deciding on whether you want to buy it or not. And it's probably not worth the extra couple of ringgit you have to pay for a price difference of uh, 10 cents or or 20 cents. Uh, Although that 10 or 20 might be 20% of of the cost of the uh, product. So I, I, I think what is going to happen is people find the price being more than they can afford, and they probably decide at the end of the month that uh, I, I should be spending just about, uh, I don't know, 20% or some such percentage on eating out. And if it's going to exceed that, then I, I, it's time that I cut down uh, on the frequency with which I'm going to eat out. Or perhaps I'm going to uh, have roti chanai rather than nasi lama or whatever. You're, you're going to make uh, those kinds of uh, decisions. So I think in, in that sense, uh, most consumers do take into account the price and, and uh, they're going to make decisions on that basis. But but I think it's, um, it's, it's too expensive, too in, inconvenient to expect consumers, for instance, uh, to look at some schedule of uh, uh, prices to look at what perhaps uh, Dawson quotes as being the average price for Ikan Tengiri and then to to undertake some uh, uh, exercise and and, uh, determine, yes, uh, at this price, it's worth eating Ikan Baka, at this price, it's not.
uh, I think that 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 would be a fairly uh, ridiculous uh, expectation. But yes, uh, I, I think consumers are generally uh, aware of prices. They might be a bit more sensitive with the prices going up, but with the wages not going up uh, in increasing measure. Uh, but but I think you can count on um, individual rationality to explain consumer behaviour. Going forward then, do you expect that we're going to keep feeling the impact of events like COVID for a little while more? I, I think it's, it's not any longer the effect of, of COVID, but I think now it's the effect of the perhaps the Russia-Ukraine crisis and, and how that has uh, had an impact on uh, fertilizers, the cost of feed, etc., and uh, probably going forward, you can expect to feel a little bit more of this, depending again how the crisis turns out. Uh, because I think that as the inputs, the the cost of inputs, um, uh, being affected by all these uh, geopolitical considerations, um, the the price of input, etc., can expect to. Um, continue to remain high, if not go up. And uh, that, I, I think, will have an impact on um, pricing. Uh, so I think the decision to be selective or not selective will very much depend on um, our budget constraints, the, the prices of food items in, in uh, restaurants, eateries, etc., Dr. Nambiar, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Dr. Shankar Nambiar, Head of Research at the Malaysian Institute of Economic Research, uh, weighing in on uh, the remarks from the Economy Minister that consumers should essentially be making wise choices when it comes to dining out and choosing not to put their money into F&B outlets that might be overcharging us. And so we've been asking you, do you think we should be avoiding restaurants that keep prices high even when food costs have gone down? Will that actually help? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have time for some messages. So let's start with this from Murali, who says we should avoid shops that are charging exorbitant prices. Home cooked food is far healthier and more reasonable. So on paper. That seems like an easy choice to make, right? But I think it also goes back, it goes down to so many things. Um, why do you eat out? Is it for necessity, for entertainment or, or for leisure, for convenience? Is it because you're time poor? Exactly, yeah. right? So there are many reasons why. And so actually, I think for a lot of people, the notion of I'll just cook at home, firstly, is not as easy. Um, but on the other hand, also, even just determining what is an exorbitant price. I go back to uh, what Dr. Nambiar was saying. Um, am I now expected to monitor the price of, say, chicken or fish every day and then counter that by looking at a menu price and then thinking of what is a fair markup. Um, it feels like a lot um, in terms of decisions. Okay, so I think that there's a difference between the, the, mathematical, uh, the mathematical consideration and the emotional consideration. Because the truth is, most of us have, um, I think, an inherent understanding of when it is that we feel we're being fleeced. And I think if you feel you're being fleeced, if you feel that you are consistently overpaying, uh, no matter how close that restaurant or eatery might be to you, no matter how much you have traditionally liked that food, if you are starting to feel like you are being ripped off, 
then I think for most people, it is a natural consideration or a natural move to just stop and, and to not do it. We did not need advice from the minister um, this to do this. This is the thing. This is the thing. I think it's very different for a consumer to say, I've chosen not to eat at that place anymore because I think they're overcharging. Yeah. But for a minister to say that and say, here's a solution for our rising cost of food, strikes very differently. I think there's also the question of whether or not this is uh, within his scope or whether it's under the Domestic Trade and Consumer Affairs Ministry, which, because we're talking about prepared food, uh, would appear to be. We do also, however, have uh, this tweet from Coffee Maker who says, Malaysian consumers, smart when they buy on steep discounts, but play stupid when asked to avoid profiteering restaurants at all. And they want to be treated as intelligent at all times, which I suppose is a counter in some ways to the point that we were just making. Yes, um, but again, I go back to what do we actually say when we... When we, what do we mean when we say profiteering? Um, I also wonder whether this then turns into it's going to be a customer's a customer deciding that a restaurant is unreasonable. And you know how things play out these days with social media and people making posts, because there is a very real argument to be made that we don't know the runnings and the ins and outs of ins and outs of a business. Are we now going to be seeing consumers essentially saying that restaurant profiteers? And are they in a position to be able to say that? Mm. So, again, it, it's the difference between a... Um, the decision, I think the decision outcome is the, is the same. How you arrive there, though, um, what is motivating that decision? A personal, I feel they're overcharging mm. versus um, profiteering. I'm accusing them of profiteering. Those are different things. Keep those thoughts coming. Do you think we should be avoiding restaurants that keep prices high even when food costs have gone down? Will this help the economic situation? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or voice note us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.